Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grunberg. All right, before we jump into this episode, I just want to quickly say thank you so much for checking out the show. If you're new, it's worthwhile jumping back and around, explore a few episodes, and certainly be sure to subscribe if you're getting value. That helps other people find the show, as <clears throat> excuse me, does your reviews. So with that, we will get right in to this episode of Habits to Goals. All righty, welcome back. Thank you for joining me. My name is Martin Grunberg. You have reached Habits to Goals. And on the other end, the incomparable Henry J. Evans. How are you doing, sir? Very well, Dr. Grunberg. How are you doing today? <laughs> Dr. G. I'm fine. Dr. G. I'm feeling a, a bit, excuse uh, the voice here, more more hoarse than normal. So I'll, I'll uh, keep hitting water if I have to. Sounds good. Keep hydrated. <laughs> you sound good. Hey, do you have a GTR for us before we get into the topic at hand? You know, I do. It's, um, I, uh, uh, and, and it's funny, I was thinking about it and it's kind of a silly one, but, um, I'm really happy that I have my dog because he gets me out and gets me out of the house. And this is the same exact dog that I didn't want to get, but my kids really wanted to get. And now he's become, you know, then they say dogs are man's best friend. I would have to agree with that. He's the one person who actually listens to me around here. That's pretty funny. And, and I, <laughs> I, if you weren't going to say it, I was going to say it. Yeah, man's best friend and dogs are unbelievable. I had a dog, a little black lab. His name was Hercules. And Oh, great name. Like, Well, it's funny because he was a midget. He was combined with like a corgi or something. So he, he looked like <laughs> he was going to be a huge black lab and then not never got over like 30 pounds. Oh, he's a tiny lab then. Yeah, so he surfed with me, did some fun stuff, but but I was not wise. I was in my second year in college and basically adopted this guy. And I'm sharing this story because I gave Herc so much credit for teaching me things like responsibility and and challenging me to grow and and take care of and get, you know I got him in like eight weeks and then I was like oh my god I can't keep him and um, a long crazy story but he lived to almost 15 years and it was oh wow I think it was one of the saddest days of my life when we had to say goodbye to Herc and he just oh. saw me through from that period to um, my first you know kid being like four or two years old or something so wow wild yeah so that dog's gonna spend a lot of very special times with you my man i love it how old's your dog he is four okay and he'll probably live to be a hundred and outlast me who knows 
Yeah, well, you never know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right, well, my GTR is, and this segues probably nicely to the topic at hand, uh, just last Thursday did a keynote luncheon, and the lady was, I, you know, I didn't know. It was about 120-ish people, 150, and she's like, usually there's just a projector and one screen, but it turned out to be, <clears throat> multiple, well, not multiple, two screens, but really nice audio-video setup and a stage. And she's like, you must be lucky or something. And because uh, <laughs> it never looks like this. They do this luncheon every year, and they honor these um, what they call restart graduates. So my GTR is that went extremely well. And uh, anyways, I was really, really pleased with – oh, and – yeah, the other thought was I had invited, I think you might have met the videographer guy, John. Um, he, yes. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he filmed some of what we did at your event. So it was cool to have him there with their uh, high-tech setup. So that's my GTR. That was a fun event. Beautiful. Which now Beautiful. leads me to the topic at hand. It's it is something I'd love to banter with you, my man. There's there's two themes that, and I added these to the front end of the, the Habit Factor presentation. Again, we were honoring these restart graduates. These are people who have actually either suffered from domestic violence or they were homeless at one point. Mm. I just thought about these themes and how... They kind of intersect and or you can even look at habit like enveloping them. And it's this idea of change or, you know, very trendy to call it transformation. And and in fact, I love the I love the word metamorphosis. So that's one of the themes. And the other. I don't know. I'm blanking here. No, the other is. This idea that we can turn a weakness into a strength, that here they are, you know, whatever they feel their deficits are, and and spin it around, put some focus and attention and turn it into a strength. So those were two themes before I share any other thoughts. Uh, you have anything to say about those? <laughs> I really like this. Uh, you know, this is a really good topic to talk about because I think that we're under the impression when we're a kid that we're kind of, you know, you know, we are who we are. And I think you realize um, that you go through and in business we call them pivots or changes, but you go through these different changes, metamorphosis, metamorphoses, I guess you'd say, and metamorphi. transformations, yep. metamorphi. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm going through one as we speak. I know that you've gone through one and somebody told me years ago, they said, no matter what business you're in guaranteed five years from now, it's not going to look the way it does today. And that's, I think that's kind of a good, and, and so learning to appreciate and really just, uh, you know, accept the change that's going to come and, welcome it and then make the most of it. I think it's a really important skill set that not a lot of people really get good at. I mean, how many people do you know are stuck in jobs they don't really like, you know, cause they haven't done that and they haven't gone through a metamorphosis. 
Yeah, and well, you you touched on a few things. You started with this idea of a fixed mindset that we're just who we are, and mm-hmm. and and then that parallels um, and really touches on this idea of weakness to strength. But I'm just going to set that aside because I love what you're talking about there. And then the metamorphosis. I just you know, if we you think about who we were, what we were when we were ten years old, what we look like, and then and then what we look like at twenty five, and then maybe you know forty five, and it's clear that we are always undergoing this sort of metamorphosis. What I think the challenge is, it's like watching grass grow when you're in the midst of it; it's not happening. So, but we can quickly and easily look back 10 years and be like, oh my God, so different. So the the point, at least from my perspective, is habit offers us the ability by crafting positive habits that are aligned with our goals, it allows us to direct the change, to direct the metamorphosis, as opposed to being subject to the change. Um, obviously there are going to be events that are going to unfold that are far beyond our control, but what we do have the ability to do is craft new habits and direct the change. It kind of reminds me of that quote, you know, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Is to create it. I love that one. Yeah. And anyway, so, so that's the, this metamorphosis idea and it overlaps so well with, you know, habit and the power of habit. And I'm thinking of this one stat that just from a physical standpoint, like our, our, uh, not our genetics, our biology, essentially our genes or our cells. That's right. Our cells. It's like 99 or the majority of our cells regenerate between seven to 10 years. So yes, entirely like it's almost all of our cells. So we've got like an entire new body every few. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually read that too. It's, it's almost entire. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's this idea to keep remain aware of it and know that we have the ability to direct the change. The only other thought that I have before I throw it back to you, I looked up for the presentation, um, I like to look at like definitions of a word and, and sometimes the etymology where, where the word comes from. And unbelievably, it said something to the effect that when a metamorphosis is or has been undergone, that one's habits change. So, I think I, I wonder if I could just do a minute, a more, probably bad radio, but, uh, definition. That's actually fascinating. I never, I never thought that that would have been as, so, so then they're literally saying that when you go through that, it's, it's a, it's a change of your habits. Yep. So, and that's, I never expected to see that too. So it says typically, um, you know what? I'm just going to pull up my presentation because it was a screenshot of it rather than do another Google search. I will just open up what I talked from. It was rather, 
Remarkable. So where are you? Here it is. Of course, I blurred out the source. It says, also called transformation. What is that typing? What's that? I just heard typing or something. No, that wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> well, it was somebody. It sounded like you hitting, shooting a gun. So let's try mm-hmm. it again. So it says, also called transformation, a change in the form and often habits of an animal during normal development. Beautiful. Isn't that crazy? Also called transformation, a change in the form and often habits of an animal during normal development. So in other words, the behaviors, the habits of a caterpillar are different than the habits of the butterfly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm just trying to draw this link for people to see it because, look, you can go sit on a couch for 12 years. I can go sit on a couch for 12 years and change is going to happen. We are going to undergo a metamorphosis or we can direct and craft these habits and change proactively, proactively and align them towards our goals. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that was, that was the only other point that I really had on this one, which I think is so it, it, it's, it's just so pivotal is that, you know, your, your point of power on going through any change or transformation or metamorphosis is always just in the present moment. So you don't have to think about this. Um, I mean, so when I used to train salespeople, when I had a whole uh, sales team working for me, you know, we'd say, well, here's our big goal for the month is to sell $600,000 worth of stuff. And everybody would freak out. And I would just say, look, it's real easy every day, come in, and just focus on that exact person you're talking to and do a great job with that one person. Hmm. And if you do that, just focusing on the only thing you can control, which is the present moment, then it just starts building up. And so to have an excellent quarter or an excellent month, that's made up of excellent weeks and excellent days and excellent hours. And then fundamentally excellent moments for every moment. You know, if you want to have a transformation or a change, that's why the habit's so important because it links it all back to doing to taking charge of the present moment multiple times as opposed to with, with any randomness to it. That's beautiful. So the other theme to bounce back and forth really quick is this idea of turning a weakness to a strength. And I brought it up because it's semi-trendy in personal development to say, Hey, you know what? Forget about your weakness. Um, just focus on your strengths. You know, yeah. and, and I, I'm a contrarian here. I believe your weakness is a gift and it's only a gift if you, because this is why I think it's a gift. It's calling your attention. It, it's saying to you, this is a weakness, which means you're focused on it. Now you can either do nothing about it or you can put your attention on it. And over time, again, metamorphosis turn a weakness to a strength. So are there any great examples in history or, or of course there are, there, there are thousands. Um, in the first one kind of that, that I shared, uh, very famous one is Demosthenes, the, the famous Greek orator, right? Excuse me. So he, do you, are you familiar with the story at all? I'm not. No. Okay. So you're going to love this. So back in ancient Greece, as the the myth, the story goes, 
um, debates were a big part of the culture. And so people would literally get in like <clears throat> little arenas and they'd have these debates. Well, he had a speech impediment and he would routinely be, uh, you know, laughed off stage, if you will. And he could either let that defeat him <laughs> or he could find a way to rise up. And what he did, legend has it, he would roam the beaches, Henry, throw pebbles in his mouth and in practice speaking and shouting over the waves. And, and so now today, if you Google Demosthenes, you end up finding out that he's one of the greatest Greek orators, right? <laughs> and, and that's how history recognizes him. So a weakness to a strength. Turn into strength. The, the, uh, the habit factor would not exist if, because my, in the part of the irony of all this, my great weakness was my inability to really achieve goals. I would set goals and I, I would get frustrated and I just couldn't really hit goals. I didn't know what was missing. Lo and behold, the habit factor now exists and it's helped, you know, I don't know, countless people achieve their goals. So weakness to a strength. If I were following modern day popular personal development, um, the habit factor wouldn't exist and it wouldn't have helped these people. And, you know, I could go on and on. They talk about Tom Brady. He had horrible footwork. Uh, Look at Michael Jordan. He didn't make the didn't make the high school basketball team. Right. He was very talented, but you're right. I mean, he, he went to work. He focused on where he needed to get better. Absolutely. Beautiful. There's a, I can't remember this guy's name. I want to say it's Jimmy Kim, but he had, he's the speed reader guy and I will link to his course, but he's, He's world-renowned now for teaching people how to speed-read books and how to memorize. He can go on stage and, and do all sorts of incredible memory um, tests and, and just showcase these skills. And, and he did not start out that way, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, he had brain damage at, at age five. But I'm, I'm, wow. hearing, I'm hearing some, uh, some noises back there, so... Just FYI, I don't know what's someone's clapping or smacking, uh, hmm. but yeah. So this is a guy who had brain damage at age five. He was told he was slow. He had to be held back. He couldn't read. He couldn't focus. So what does he do? He does the only thing he can do. Well, that's not true. He could have given up. He found a way to turn his weakness into a strength, and of course, he used habit to do that. So. Habit unlocks it for sure. I think that, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And I've actually subscribed to that philosophy. It's like, Hey, don't, don't focus on your weaknesses, just focus on your strengths. But when you put it that way, you never know if you were given a weakness that then is going to be turned into an incredible strength once you put attention into it. So yeah, I really like that. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what happens. The other one, um, I'm trying, Oh yeah. The, so I took, there's a book called Strength Finders, and so that's part of their whole message is, you know. Yep, so read that great It's a book. great book, but I just don't entirely subscribe to this. So the other one 
that showcased on my I don't know if you know your top five um, what strength finders after doing the survey do you recall what I don't remember what they were no but I did take that so mine I, I actually remember I think so strategic relator achiever um, strategic relator achiever futurist and positivity so here's what's funny two of these were absolutely known weaknesses let's say 20 to 15 years ago the achiever and the positivity i used to hmm. i used to brag about being a uh, a pessimist because oh wow i that, can't see that at all yeah well and and yeah so i mean i went to work on it and i've it only via habit and but the point is it didn't happen overnight um and i just find that super funny when i look at those because because that's an exhaustive that's like i don't know over a hundred questions and so that's what they gave me and two of those strengths there's no way those are strengths um you know 15 years ago so the perfect the the last thought at least from my end, is this idea, well, it's just the Spanish proverb to reemphasize how habit is involved in this. So the Spanish proverb says that habit is a cobweb at first and a cable at last, right? I remember that one when you told me that. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. It's it's kind of just too weak to be felt until it's too strong to be broken. Mm-hmm. So, anyhow, I love those themes. I think they're inspirational. When I was talking to these restart graduates, I was like, "This is what they are. This is what they embody. This idea of harnessing transformation or metamorphosis, or harnessing habit to guide their metamorphosis, and then turning weakness into strength." So. Thanks for uh, entertaining me on that one, Henry. That was fun. Love it. That's a good one. Very good one. All right. You have any parting shot before we button this one? Nope. Up? I think that's a good one. All right. Fantastic. Well, great job as always, and uh, we will see you soon, sir. Sounds good. Take care. Take care. Bye. So now I'm gonna go ahead and hit you with the teaser slash sample of the pressure paradox. I think you're going to dig this and you're going to hear it from a professional narrator, (laughs) a professional narrator, a guy who makes money reading books, Kevin Pierce. He's amazing. He did a brilliant job on both the habit factor and the pressure paradox. So go ahead, check this out. And on the back end of that is, of course, our Sponsor Audible and the Audible commercial, a reminder, if you dig what you hear in The Pressure Paradox or any book you want, you can get it free with an Audible trial. So check that out, audible.com forward slash habits to goals, and I'm going to hit you with the sample right now. Just how misunderstood is pressure as a subject, particularly when it comes to our productivity, performance, and even, incredibly, peace of mind? 
Well, here's a quote from a recently published book, Performing Under Pressure. In fact, this is more than just a quote. It appears to be the author's main thesis. The bottom line, pressure is the enemy of success. It undermines performance and helps us fail. The paragraph goes on to cite many supportive instances, such as pilots, surgeons, and air traffic controllers making errors, or professional athletes missing their usual shots while under pressure. Pressure, the book asserts, is more than a nemesis. It is a villain in our lives. Wow, that's powerful language. It's understandable why the vast majority of people, and even these authors, might think this way about pressure. On the surface, pressure certainly appears to be the enemy. However, if we look deeper, we discover that pressure, much like what we discovered about habit in The Habit Factor, is neither good nor bad. Pressure is an entirely neutral, supernatural force. Taken a step further due to its preeminence within our lives, it would hardly be fruitful to view pressure as the enemy. If pressure were truly the enemy, then we might as well pack up and head home. It's time to surrender. We can't possibly win, right? If we were to follow such a pervasive misunderstanding, that pressure is evil, a nemesis, and a villain, we should make every attempt to avoid it, right? And unfortunately, doing so would not only prove frustrating and fruitless, but would greatly inhibit our creativity, productivity, and ultimately even impair our personal growth. Even the wealthiest of parents who want the very best for their children will go out of their way to ensure their kids experience some real-life pressures, such as chores or a summer job, with the hope that they'll reap all the associated benefits that come with challenge and hard work, discipline and responsibility come to mind. There's even a famous Japanese proverb that underscores this point. Adversity is the foundation of virtue. To be clear, we are not referring to negative peer pressure or bullying, but rather life pressure, things such as work, chores, and responsibility, knowing that is the type of pressure that teaches children important life lessons that help forge their character and will serve them long into the future. The idea that pressure is a villain or the enemy of success ultimately proves untenable in the real world. Rather, if we choose to look deeper into pressure, what we find is that it demands our careful consideration, understanding, and even ultimately, our appreciation. The same kind of appreciation you freely give to your greatest passions. After all, what is more important than your most pressing goals? Understanding how pressure is the fuel to help you achieve those goals is vital. Not even a reality TV star avoids pressure all the time, as my daughter once asserted. In fact, some might even argue that due to appearances, contract obligations, etc., a celebrity may experience even greater pressures than the average citizen. To view pressure another way, consider the simple act of problem-solving. Any problem, by definition, involves an existing state, condition, and a desired end state, ideal condition. The objective or goal is to bridge that gap. It's worth noting that the gap itself, the delta, is what instantly generates a sense of tension, or to use its synonym, 
pressure. And since humans are naturally creative and problem-solving creatures, their ability to channel pressure to solve problems makes them unique. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things, the books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road, on a run, in the gym, kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going. It's phenomenal. It's I, The more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month, 30% off any other book. Again, Check it out, audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick, audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals, and that is the number two. And of course, when you support our sponsors, you are supporting the show. So thank you again. I am extremely grateful. We'll see you at the next episode.